Hi, this is your host, Laura Powers, and I'm so pleased to have Trisha Carr back on the show. I've had Trisha on the show many times, and I always get wonderful feedback, and it's always lovely to connect with you. Trisha is an animal communicator as well as a psychic. Thanks again for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. And you underplay it that we connected. Laura was pivotal. <laughs> <laughs> in my metaphysical opening, <laughs> she, Laura was the first psychic reading that I ever got and gave me a piece of information that just blew my world open. So, <laughs> yes, we connected. Oh, I love that. Well, it's been, thank you for saying that, and it's been really amazing to watch you develop and progress and that's one thing that is amazing to me as a psychic and as a teacher is I now have several people that came to me initially and now are amazing professional psychics on their own and it's so incredible. (laughs) I know, it's so great and it's a really good lesson too, just you and I happen to continue to interact and everything but how many countless other people don't come back to you because they would think like oh, that's not, you know what I mean, like I'm going to be taking up her time so they they feel shy to come back to you and give you feedback or something. It's pretty cool how we get to come together. <laughs> I agree. I actually had a, a call recently, so I'm developing a new manifesting program, and I had gotten a few volunteers to ask some questionnaires to help me with the you know direction of the development of the program, and one of them was a client from several years ago, and then in the conversation, it came up that a couple little things they said to her she uses daily, and it was like, oh my gosh, I love this, but yeah, I would have never known if we hadn't talked about it, so if you're listening to this, just know that you would have touched people's lives in ways that you don't know. And it's it really amazing the impact <laughs> that even small things can have. And so, but I, I'm very blessed and I thank the angels for connecting us. Yes, me too. Thank you. <laughs> so I asked Tricia initially to be on the show specifically because I was getting the message at the time to talk about plants and their intelligence and their communication. And, you know, Tricia, you're really great at animal communication and I think it is a very specific gift, but I want people to know that plants are intelligent and have a communication and energies that we can pick up on as well. So uh, I know that you said you were getting the message about this as well, even before I reached out to you. Can you share a little bit about what you've been getting in terms of, of this topic? Yeah, definitely. Um, so with my uh, with animal communication, I'm often working with humans and their animal family members. So it's sort of like going to couples counseling or something like that. You know, right. family counseling. <laughs> oh, I love that analogy. <laughs> and um, and so that's the, that kind of work. But then. If you think about something that is a larger ecosystem, you know, I uh, work with animal sanctuaries and stuff like that, and whether it's a farm or a sanctuary or just a bigger environment where there's, like I say, an ecosystem, that's the kind of thing I'm being called to start doing more of. And I, I volunteer at an animal sanctuary twice a month at least, and so I'm spending time there. And it's kind of like, yes, I could do some work with just the pig that is there and do that one-on-one counseling or work with this pig and one of the, one of the trainers or something like that or the keepers. But working in the whole environment and taking into account, you know, all of the animals that are there, all of the souls, all of the uh, consciousnesses. And that would also include the trees, and that would also include the soil and the different kinds of communities of insects and whatever else is happening there, or the squirrels that are running in and out that aren't officially a part of the sanctuary, you know. All of the energy <laughs> I love that. They're yeah. like, yay, she can talk with us. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so that's kind of what I'm being 
shown that that is going is starting to be a little bit on my heart and everything. And I I always am connecting. That's always been a part of my work. We think of um, certain kinds of uh, beings as more sentient than others, and there's some people who think that animals like dogs and cats aren't sentient, and that's just completely inaccurate for anyone anyone who would agree who has a relationships with animals. Right. But scientists actually agree that it's not something that you can actually classify or scientifically measure. It's not something they can agree upon in the same way they can't agree upon where the mind is in the body. It isn't located yeah. in the body. <laughs> they can't figure that out either. You know, consciousness isn't something that is – what I'm seeing, I've been working on a lot, is density and um the word density is often used interchangeably with dimension. But density really refers to, it's kind of like the different perspectives of um, different kinds of consciousnesses. And I think that it is good to have a, a basic understanding of the perspective of another, whether it's a human or a dog or a tree, because it just helps you to quiet down your expectations or projections. And actually, I heard you talking with someone recently on, on a recent episode, and you guys were talking about projecting. And I think that that's a really interesting piece to look at, especially when we're talking about plants, because we could be projecting our assumption that they have no information to share and that you can't connect with them in informatively dense manner. I completely agree with you on that. And I've seen this happen in a lot of different ways, projecting something that isn't there or, or not taking something in that is there, like, mm-hmm. like what you're talking about. And it's clear to me that life has sensing and feeling. And I think what happens is if it comes in a different form, then we think, well, it's not there. So with plants, it's definitely in a different form than it is with animals or with humans, but it's definitely still there. Like I can absolutely tune into the energy of a plant and, get impressions, and with some, I guess, more complex plants like trees, then almost like a telepathic communication that can happen. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to acknowledge this with how we're kind of living in the world because most people do assume that plants aren't feeling sentient beings. And this is where some of that conversation comes in about vegetarianism, veganism, or, you know, being an omnivore or whatever, is that I feel like, look, we need to approach life as a whole as precious and have a balanced relationship with it. And so just to understand that, if you're eating a plant, if you're eating an animal, you're eating life, it's all life. <laughs> and yes. there's a sentient aspect to it, whether it's something that you can recognize or not. Right. And I, you know, Laura and I love to talk about this. We we talked about somehow I ended up mentioning cannibalism in the podcast yeah. where we were talking about diet. <laughs> I wasn't suggesting cannibalism. You have to listen to the whole show to re- realize why I somehow managed to bring up cannibalism. You, know, you just never know what's going to come up. So, <laughs> But yes, I think that what I think is, and this is something else that's sort of on my heart, it's like a part of my mission is to bring awareness to that because I think that people that have the um, that have this feeling that they want to not eat certain things out of compassion, that isolated alone is a beautiful thing. However, if they're doing it out of fear and resistance yeah. and guilt, that's actually not helpful. And I've actually had 
I've had animals say to me, stop seeing us as victims. Not because yeah. we aren't sometimes victims, but because if you constantly cast us as victims, you're disempowering the ability for us to partner together. So just imagine yeah. if I just thought Laura was a victim all the time. Let's say something yeah. terrible did happen to her, and I never right. let her be healed of it in my eyes then it would always feel like, well, I'm not equal to her. At least she doesn't think our relationship is equal. And so we can't really be close and really partner together. So that's, um, even though they are victims in some situations, but see the thing is, again, so are plants. And so being able to bring our full awareness to how there is an exchange of energy, there is an exchange of life, and absolutely everything that we consume, and it's a partnership, that's going to help us to be able to make positive changes where they're necessary because we need to be able to approach those with full compassion. That's the only way we can reach someone who is doing unconscious acts is actually to have compassion for them. You, you know, having resistance and fighting someone, that doesn't work. <laughs> that just doesn't change a, yeah. a heart and a mind. And I think it's important to understand that even on an unconscious level, also there's sometimes choice or karma that is involved with where a being is, whether it's a plant or a human or an animal. So I see this a lot with very empathic friends of mine who um, will have so much compassion for animals that they're not honoring that animal's power and choice to be in that mm -hmm. position in some way. And I think that's really important because it goes back to your point you just gave, as well as to really check in. We have a lot of scripts in our head um, mm -hmm. that animals are abused, animals are powerless, and, and just like you said, and then in a way they are, but are partially because we've taken some of that from them. So I, I had a situation where, where a friend was feeling really badly about this stray dog and wanting to go get food for the dog, and I'm kind of checking with the animal's energy. I'm like, that's a happy dog. That dog does not <laughs> seem unhappy, you know. So the dog was very happy to be free and unfettered and, like, make its own choices. Um, so it's important that we don't put our own sort of human, what is what we would want from what they would want, and that's with plants too. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, to, I feel like I should probably explain a little bit more about what I meant by density. So density is sort of – it really is just about how well we relate to one another rather than the degree of self-awareness or sentience, in my opinion. So, And it's a spectrum, like a color spectrum. It isn't like, this is the first density, that's it. You belong in the first density. In the first density, there is um, a spectrum. So there would be different beings or consciousnesses that would be high on that first density and then close to the second density. And so just to put it in a little more framework, Humans are kind of solidly in that third density, and it sounds a lot like third dimension. And then a lot of animals kind of are more on the second density, and I would say that domesticated ones are way high up on the second density and even some overlapping to that third density. And by the way, there are plenty of humans who kind of are lower in the second, closer to second density. And it's just about the kind of awareness, the texture of awareness, not so much that they don't have awareness. And I actually see a lot, of, I read people who are spiritual teachers or of, of some sort, and they'll even say that animals aren't self-aware or plants aren't self-aware. And I just disagree. I just think it has to do, again, with how we can relate from our perspectives. So, yes, a tree is not going to be having concerns of arguing with their spouse. <laughs> that's, just, that's just, they're not, a tree is set 
in, I mean, he has a life purpose, though. And it, I say he, even though, you know, I just feel right. better to say he rather than it, again, because of my perspective that it right. is somehow less than, but it's, it's not. But a tree, you know, um, is set, has a life purpose and has passions. Here's another good example. A tree is going to experience grief, and a tree probably won't experience quite as much frustration as a human or insanity like a human, maybe not as much neurosis. Is it possible? I guess it could be, but something like grief and bliss, joy, all of those things a tree does definitely yeah. experience. Yeah, no, I agree completely that this emotional kind of sensation aspect is there for, for animals, for plants, at varying levels of complexity. But, mm-hmm. you know, in a way what is our gift with humans is also can be our challenge with, as you said, neuroses that we can analyze to death. Something, yeah, we can't you know. put the tool down. Yeah, right, 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 which is why I'm a big fan of meditation and things like that to help us kind mm-hmm. of get more in the moment. But that's something that plants do and most animals will also do a lot more naturally than most humans is just be and just kind of enjoy. Mm -hmm. Whereas a a typical human could be living in a nice house, they have really good food and, you know, everything, but they're stressed out about things that are not in their control at the moment, you know, in the future. (laughs) Things that are, yeah, in the past or in the future, Mm -hmm. things that aren't present, right. And one other way I look at density is, so um, Gaia, Mother Earth, Gaia, by the way, is a being. Oh, my gosh, I really connected with her this morning and just felt her love like the most perfect mother. It was so amazing. It was really so it's interesting we're talking about it right now because it was one of the more profound experiences that I've had with her. But Mother Earth, so the signature of Mother Earth, of the planet, is actually very similar to the energetic signature of source energy, of God. And I'm not saying they're the same, but they're similar. You know, it's a very high vibrating signature. So... We have animals who are closer to Gaia than as compared to humans. We have trees that are closer to Gaia. And as we go down and deeper into the density, they're actually getting closer to Mother Earth and in a way, in the perspective further away from humans. So they're actually getting closer to something that is more akin to divine perspective. And we here as humans, and then you go up. So then say in that fourth dimensionality, we have different kinds of non-physical uh, beings and we have like fairies and we have um, different kind, you know, different kinds of guides that would be there and we have fifth dimension and we have, you know, we keep going up and again, the perspectives expand out so that there's a lot of stuff that's going on with say the archangels that we can't really communicate with. We can't because just from our perspective. And so that's how I kind of see that color band that way, that spectrum and amoeba, is definitely conscious and is self-aware, but its perspective is something that I have, the, how we can communicate with one another is simpler, less complex, but it doesn't mean that the other is the one that is less complex. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. They're just different ways <laughs> of, of, of presenting and of being, and, and I want to present the idea and share that I don't think that one is better than or less than the other. And so when I, it's the same thing as when I look at spiritual development um, in terms of how many incarnations someone has had um, and their mm-hmm. level of soul development that, you know, a baby is not better or less than an 80-year-old. It's just, you know, they're just different. And I feel the same right. way 
about different forms of consciousness and life that I think it's a dangerous thing for humans to place themselves at the top of the, you know, the pyramid or whatever. I just don't think Yeah, no, that. I, that's not what I'm saying at all either. I think no, if no, anything, I we're right. No, I don't think you are. Yeah. I don't think you are. I'm just saying that I, I have witnesses and, and it's something that was yeah. actually taught, um, you know, for many years that humans were sort of the, the peak of perfection or whatever. <laughs> No, right, and I agree. I think that's, I think that's ignorance, and I think that that's what um, is the the confusion is because we feel like we can't have a conversation with a tree the way we have a conversation with a human. That the tree is the thing that is off, and it's like no, you right. need to be a little more focused about how you can align with. Just like when you're speaking with an eight year old, you're not going to be able to talk to an eight year old about the stock market because that's just not a topic that they bring into their awareness right now. Well, there are some angels right. probably who, these yeah, genius kids that are being born now. <laughs> yeah, not a typical one. <laughs> yeah, so that doesn't yeah. mean that the child is, like you say, less than. It just means that you align on different in different areas. The child is probably more spiritually advanced than the human who is obsessed with the stock market. <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to bring up, too, what you were talking about, the, the Gaia or Earth being a being, and I, I completely agree with that. And this is becoming more and more something that is important to be aware of because of the shifting of the planet. Just as each of us are going through vibrational and energetic shifts, the planet is doing that as a whole. And actually the, the energy and vibration of the planet is shifting up. So I know there's the perception that things are getting worse and things are really intense, but but I don't actually believe that that's true. And if you haven't mm. heard about it, check out uh, learn about the Schumann resonance. Um, mm-hmm. and it's basically the, the proposed idea is that this resonance is, is measuring the sort of heartbeat or vibration of Gaia, of the planet. And it, it resonates for me. And there have been several times recently in the past where I've had intense, you know, kind of tired feeling, just very kind of emotionally drained and no matter what I did, I just couldn't get to my normal level, even with meditating and yoga and all the, the things that I normally do when I'm needing a, an energy boost. And and then it's come out the next day that, you know, this human resonance spikes, like, really high. Mm. So if you're an empath, this is something to pay attention to. And if you're struggling with, you know, you, you're tired, I call it a, like, tired but wired feeling where oh, I'm tired yeah. but a nap doesn't help. You know, it's, like, restless but tired and, you know, it's, it's and normal things don't make it shift. Sleep doesn't help. Then it could be something like this. You're probably picking up on either – the vibration of the earth, or it could be even people around you too. But with the earth, obviously, we're lived, literally like living on, on or in her. So uh, we're mm-hmm. very much affected by whatever is going on with her. Yeah, that's true. And it's a good time when that happens is to just go ahead and let your body and your being do its own purging and, and yeah, let whatever totally. comes up just it wants to come up and it wants to be released and that energy is really promoting it. And and just like you say, the thing seems like it's getting worse and everything, but it just very simply, this is a cute little phrase, but I think that there's a lot of wisdom in this kind of cliche phrase. You have to see the dirt to clean the house. And that's, I think, what's happening. You know, we're, mm, we're seeing yeah. what we have been allowing, you know, to accumulate, and so it's just coming out. And then from a vibrational perspective, and I see this in my own life as well as happening with the world and with clients, is when your energy or someone's energy shifts up, the things that are no longer in alignment with that 
up energy really start to show. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's happening in terms of the planet. It, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be released, and it's showing. <laughs> so right. So that it can be addressed and cleared. So in my own life, when I it, – it's funny. It, it tends to create this kind of like um, – uh, roller coaster kind of feeling where I'll feel like, oh my gosh, it shifted up and it feels so great. And then, like, all the stuff that's not aligned with that shows up, and then it's kind of feels a little crappy while I work on clearing yeah, right. and addressing some of that, you know, and then it goes into this other cycle. And sometimes they're more extreme than others. And I think right now we're in one of those big roller coaster cycles as a planet, yeah. as a world. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? I was kind of shown recently that, you know, when you have that, that down part of the roller coaster, it's sort of like, you know, the ego is the ego is not a bad thing. The ego is meant to keep us physically alive. But of course, we add things to that um, desire to be kept physically alive that don't really have to do with being kept physically alive. And it's all so you attach to it um, status or something like that, or power or whatever it is, or some whatever can the things that may end up being triggers. So it actually has this thread deep down into survival. So when the consciousness consciousness expands, and so you're going to be letting go some of that stuff that's the, that's a part of the ego that you no longer need. It's like something a part of you is dying. That's what it believes, and so right, that's right. why it's difficult. <laughs> it literally is a kind of death, and so it's not very surprising. It's not true, but that's what this thing that you're releasing is expressing, is a right. kind of death, and so it's, it's that's why it's intense. I think. I think it is. And then from my perspective with some of the work I do with clearing entities and attachments and things like that, especially if you're empathic, you may literally feel something that is having a death or feeling the loss of its food source or whatever and is in Mm. an utter panic and anxiety. And, you know, sometimes it's hard as an empath to separate, you know, that stuff from what you're feeling. And it's important to know that just because you feel bad doesn't mean it's yours, and just mm. keep asking for clearing and protection and not internalize everything. That, that's, that was such a huge thing for me, and I'm still constantly learning how complex this is and not to, for me to assume that my thoughts, my feelings, or anything that's going on that seems to be me is me because the truth is all of us, including the world and animals and plants and everything, are completely connected with each mm. other. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and you know, uh, back to, to plants and trees and everything, that they, especially trees in my experience, but plants as well, they really, that is a big part of what they are doing is to help us move through a lot of stuff that we, we know that trees clean the air. That's not just a physical expression or a physical function. They do that energetically as well. I always like when there are trees that are on some busy road and, you know, it's very polluted and everything. I know that tree, that's, he has this special life purpose. For example, like my corporate job, there's a tree that is both on a busy street and next to this big behemoth sales engine with all these salespeople inside it, with all their sales mm-hmm. panic. And I'm right. like, thank you. You're so lovely to help us. And, and you know, the tree is just, the tree isn't victimized by it. I had this tree actually once tell me that when I leaned against it and I felt just my hands, I put my hands against it and there was like one spot that was really sunny and one spot that was in the shade. And so I had this distinct feeling, this sensation between my two hands. One was really warm and one was cool. And so I leaned into the tree and I just said, oh, that feels really cool. You know what I mean? Like that feels neat. And I felt the tree, I heard the tree say to me, thank you, I chose this place for that. Meaning like he chose the place to grow so that yeah. he and I could have this experience right now. And oh. I'm like, what? 
How's that? I'm just walking by <laughs> once. How is it possible? You chose your entire lifetime to, to have this moment with me. And the tree was like, absolutely every moment is as important as the next and the previous. So, Ooh. yes, I chose it for this moment as much as I chose it for any other moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, I mean, I mean, I was explained that principle by a tree. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love that. No, trees are in particular of plants, I feel, have so much wisdom. And, and I think that's why a lot of people, when they're going through a lot or they need to think, they'll go and, like, sit at the base of a tree because inherently people know, even if they don't know what's going on, that it's helpful and they're probably yes. receiving some unconscious communications and certainly some support from that tree. Right. And same goes with bodies of water and, mm-hmm. you know, being out in nature in any way. We just innately know that. And I just want to say that, sure, there's a biological component and we're getting fresh air and we're getting balanced and we're being out there. There, there are literal active counselors all around you with the rocks and the plants and the trees and the bodies of water and the dust. <laughs> They're literally counseling you and working mm-hmm. with you actively and consciously. It's beautiful and it's, you know, you can be very sentimental and grateful for it. And, but if you think about it, again, in a more expanded perspective, they must do that because there is no real separation between us. So they need for us to be healthy as well. So they're just healing right. themselves when they're healing us. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I'm just getting to you to share that because, you know, these plants are sentient and they are trying to help us filter, they have a really tough job right now because there's so many chemicals. So anything Mm -hmm. that we can do to purchase natural products, products that aren't polluting chemicals, you know, in the air and the water is supporting them. And then it also, again, supports us because then they can better do their job of filtering and cleaning and, and, you know, and helping us in in other energetic ways as well as physical. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's true. And, you know, I think it's good to also we talked at the, the, you know, at the beginning about having guilt. I think guilt is actually not step one to healing. I think it's like the pre-step to step one even. So guilt is normal and natural. We feel that from time to time. But the faster that we can release guilt and get to step one, the faster we're going to be moving toward life force and toward healing. So I think that it isn't, it isn't helpful to feel guilty as like a representative of mankind to what we're doing to the environment. It's just not empowering to move past that and go ahead and look at all of it too because when we feel guilty and shameful, it's difficult to face it. So, um, but bringing our full conscious awareness to something is actually how we actually change it. That's, we know that right. from quantum physics. We know that right. when we place that our awareness, our consciousness, or focus on something, we change it, we affect it, we expand it. And so that's, that's it, again, just moving past the guilt, and whether it's about animals or plants and pollution, and just moving forward with positive compassion forward movement is, is the most empowering thing, I think. Yes, I totally agree. Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel like I could talk with you forever. <laughs> Me too, I know. <laughs> this is why we, we have to just keep, you know, doing this over and over again. But um, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners today that we haven't already talked about? I would love to share that I have a telepathy class that is coming out. Um, it's online. It's just you can um, take it, uh, you can purchase it and just do it at your own leisure. It's a bunch of modules that are video and audio um, meditative exercises that teach you how to actually use telepathy. I go over the perspectives of, how, of uh, using telepathy with humans and with animals and nature a little bit too. And um, I talk a lot about density and the different things that we talked about in this podcast episode. 
And also it comes with a, a kind of a newsletter that comes out quarterly of everyone's questions. So it's like a living document, and if you ask a question, then it gets added to this, and you'll get to have that once a quarter. And um, I'm actually releasing it. I'm not sure when you're going to be uh, publishing this podcast, so it's coming out on the 23rd of May, 2017. And I've already done a beta test of it, and people are really enjoying it. And I'm, the reason I'm doing this class too, I should say, is something that Laura alluded to with the like the Schumann resonance and how the planet is ascending. We are ascending, all of us, the planet herself, and all of us are raising in vibration. And so as we raise our vibration, we're actually getting closer to that fourth density, this, the heart space, the intuitive age, as opposed to where we have been, which is the information age. We're moving toward the intuitive age, and we are going to start using things that are faster and more energetically based. So, for example, we use verbal language a lot, physical language, but we're actually going to start using telepathy a lot more. So being able to look at it as a language and getting more practiced in it, I think is going to be very helpful. (laughs) And that's my intention with it. This is so important. And something I talk a lot about actually with clients is how telepathic most people are and don't Mm -hmm. realize it, that Mm -hmm. people are essentially constantly getting information through their thoughts. And then most people, again, internalize it and think, well, my thought is my thought. And I'm like, nope, it's like maybe... 20% 20% your thought, <laughs> yeah. 80% the world, your brother, your, you know, girlfriend, your, you know, whatever, um, some ghosts, some beings that are hanging out, maybe some plants, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah, plants, trees. <laughs> yeah. It, I, the way I describe it is it's like, it's like you're hearing a conversation that you're also a part of. And mm. so when you think about it like that versus like this is all being created by me, in terms of thoughts, it can really shift. Now, that said, when you start to develop awareness of that, so like through your program and also just through paying attention, you can start to sort of filter out more easily the stuff that isn't yours. And meditation and other tools will also help with that. But the first step is paying attention and learning. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And that's actually how I came to meet Laura because I kept waking up in the morning in particular it seemed like that when I, I was a little bit clearer so I could be a little, I could hear myself a little better and I was having thoughts that weren't my own because I would like mm. feel something and I'd be like, what is that feeling? And I would let it bubble up and become a thought and the thought just didn't make sense to my life. You know what I mean? It would, yeah. I might as well have been saying, my skin is blue. And I'm like, but my skin yeah. is blue. So I don't know why I'm feeling that with emotional content. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and so I thought that was weird and I could make it go away because it was illogical when I paid attention to it. And so that's how I went to Laura. I was like, I've never had a psychic reading before. What's the harm? I'll just have a psychic reading and see what she says. And she told me I was an empath. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, if you are, then so many good things happen from exploring that and mm-hmm. learning how to decode it, how to clear what's not yours. It's, it's really like life changing. And I had the similar experience um, as you did, where it was like all of a sudden this light bulb moment of like, Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I've been living my life based on what isn't even mine. And you know, what a big change that was and, and really beneficial one once I figured that out as well. Right. <laughs> And and that's what was my was my telepathy course. I'm actually teaching it like a language, so I'm trying to isolate it from empathy, from our clairsentience, and look at it like a language. So as right. say like if you studied English as opposed to studying communication and communication skills, I'm just trying to isolate it because I think that it's something that we we aren't always looking at in that way. So we can become just more skilled at it as a language. So that's what right. my intention is there. 
Yeah. Amazing. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that's exciting you to learn more about that, I also offer training. Um, you know, if you haven't gotten a reading by Trisha or myself or someone, do research and check to make sure that they're legitimate or, or feel free to reach out to Trisha or myself because both Trisha and I both do reading still as well. But it's it really is helpful. So if you're feeling that nudge, <laughs> I'd say scratch it and, and follow. I agree. <laughs> and that reading that changed my life with Laura was a 15-minute phone reading. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, thank you for saying that. I think uh, one of the things that happened as I've developed as a psychic is I really get in 15 minutes what it used to take me an hour. So sometimes people mm-hmm. look at my pricing and they're like, oh, and they think they need an hour. I'm like, no, an hour is a lot. <laughs> like, you don't know. Yeah. Not everybody needs an hour. I mean, maybe you do, but it doesn't necessarily take a huge thing to really change your life. Um, so, Absolutely. So, well, we're working yeah. in, you're working in the space that is above time and space. So, yeah, right. it's time and space is subsequent to working in the intuitive space and basically the astral space. Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Trisha, it's always lovely to, to have you on the show. If people want to learn more about you, connect with you or your class, et cetera, how can they do that? My website is trishacarcharm.com. My name's spelled T-R-I-C-I-A-C-A-R-R and the word charm. And that's basically my uh, social media handles, too, for Facebook and Twitter. And I actually, Laura's probably, it seems like she's going to be on my podcast, but it's also a live internet TV talk show. We do live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific, and it's called Charmed Life with Trisha Carr. You can find the video archives of it on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. Or you could just search Trisha Carr, excuse me, Charmed Life with Trisha Carr, and then obviously there are podcast versions of that on all the podcast outlets. And Laura and I are probably going to be doing a special broadcast of Charmed Life, so it won't be on a Sunday morning sometimes. So you just got to, you know, get in touch with me. Like my Facebook page is a good way to be able to stay in touch with all of the special broadcasts. When we do the show, it's a live show, and you get to call in and ask Laura Powers questions. So you need Yay, to get in on that. which is so fun. <laughs> I love doing that. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thanks so much, Trisha, for being on the show. Oh, it's so my pleasure in so many ways. I'm so grateful, and thank you so much, Laura. I, I just love you so much. Oh, I love you too. And I, I've had other people say this, but I totally feel like we're soul sisters. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, someday yeah. we got to sit down and just look at at least 20 of the lives that we've done together. Yeah. We can track some of them. <laughs> I totally agree. And I feel like a lot of them are magical lives. It just has that feeling. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks and have a beautiful, blessed day. And I look forward to connecting again whenever that is. <laughs> 